HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to HeritageRadioNetwork.com, bringing you the freshest radio in Brooklyn since 2009. Hear directly from chefs to farmers, artists to architects, authors to brewers, and everyone in between. Check out all of our shows on our website or by searching Heritage Radio Network in the iTunes store. My name is Brandon Hoy, co-owner of Roberta's, a super-duper awesome place. Roberta's is a very, 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 very proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. We're also super awesome. Thank you, Heritage. Boys, I'm mellow as a honeydew. Yeah, that cat is high. Look that look in his eye. Oh, man, he's high. Yes, higher than a kite. That cat is high. Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm your host, Damon Bolte. In the studio today, there's a gang of dudes gathered around the microphones and large trays full of glassware, which we'll get to soon enough. Today we have a crazy cast and crew from the Bushwick Country Club in Brooklyn, New York. We've got John Roberts, Reggie Cunningham, we've got... Along with them, uh, some of the alumni of the uh, of the Bushwick Country Club, we have Frank Cisneros uh, back on the show. Also, Nick Jarrett back on the show. Tom Chadwick, first time, yeah, first time. Nice, welcome, welcome everyone to the show. Don't forget Ryan Dale. Oh yeah, Ryan Dale. Hey man, he's in here too. Awesome. This is so rad because uh, when we walked in. Uh, I didn't realize how many people were going to be in the studio. This is definitely by far the most people that have been in the studio on the Speakeasy so far. And uh, we've got we've got just a, a great crew here today. So why don't we just jump right into it, man? Um, Bushwick Country Club. The origin. Let's, let's go, man. Talk about it. Okay. Um, the idea was to always have miniature golf in the backyard. <laughs> and first of all. First off. We didn't want to open a bar. I we wanted a, a place with miniature golf in the backyard. Uh, I was playing miniature golf many years ago down at the Jersey Shore before the Jersey Shore was the Jersey Shore. And I was lining up a putt, and it was hot out. I'm thinking to myself, wow, I could really go for a beer right about now. Not <laughs> to take the swing, stop, putter up in the air and say, guys, I have the best idea in the world. <laughs> Which was 18 holes in miniature golf, and every third hole, you could just get another beer. 
Well, in Brooklyn, I didn't have the space to do 18 holes, so I did six holes. You play it three times, that's 18 holes. And every time you do six, you go do a shot, come back by the third time, it's a whole new course. You'll never know what it is. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Now, okay, how long has the the Bushwick Country Club been around? Uh, June 19th. It's been over six years. Awesome. Awesome. Um, Since that time, you've... uh, (laughs) The thing I love the most about the the Bushwick Country Club is the thing that helps me remember that I was there was the uh, the uh, photo booth uh, <laughs> and and I have to say that there are no good pictures of me that have ever come from that photo booth but they're always pleasurable to look at in hindsight well that photo booth is haunted you know it's haunted the photo booth is haunted the whole place is haunted yeah the whole bar is haunted actually it is haunted but that's now let's talk about that shit man <laughs> <laughs> okay um well I was a big skeptic of you know, like I didn't believe in ghosts or anything like that. Uh, and before we opened, I'd be downstairs bagging up, you know, garbage. Three uh, thirty in the morning, I glance up, uh, and you, you don't know the uh, movie uh, Fight Club. You know, in the beginning where they kind of splice in mm-hmm. a split second. Yeah. Uh, well, it's the same thing. The I cigarette saw burn thing. <laughs> yeah, kind of like what did I? Yeah. So I would see uh, a portly guy brown wool uh, slacks white beater thin suspenders balding and in my mind i'm going okay i'm tired i'm hallucinating (laughs) my mind is saying john go home you've worked enough the chemicals down there too oh that could be also that too (laughs) let's (laughs) let's not let's not not talk about anything that's going to get the health department (laughs) (laughs) radioactive waste is not a department of health i think and it's not something that is at bushwick country no no not at all (laughs) illegal pandas yes i mean no so uh i would always see like here and there that hallucination and then uh, a girlfriend at the time had the touch or the shinning and (laughs) i can't say shining uh (laughs) She came in and she said, oh, you know, you have spirits here. I'm like, oh, really? And there was a great uh, debunker, the great Kreskin, uh, told a story of like, how to debunk uh, psychics because they pick up little cues off your body, like a head nod or whatever. So he said, you fold your arms. You don't make any movement and just say, what else do you see? Go on, go on. So she said, oh, I see gray slacks, wife beater, thin suspenders, balding. He's got a goatee. He, I think he's Italian. I think his name is Sal. Without, with the, the exception of the color, everything else she nailed, my hallucination. Wow. So wow, <laughs> that made me go, there's got to be something to this. So, yeah. And also, oh, tell Frank, tell about the time it was messing with you. Uh, I think well, there was a couple of times. To, 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 <laughs> To corroborate that story, um, I, I saw exactly the same thing, independently went up and told John, and I'd seen almost exactly the same thing that he had seen. But one of the things that they did was uh, we had a bunch of stuff in the hallway leading down leading down into the basement, stuff that was like behind other stuff. For instance, we had a couple of some sort of rods or some – oh, we had a bunch of trays that were lined up behind uh, a, a a bus tub, just a plastic bus tub. Somehow the trays miraculously like flew over the bus tub and into the into the stairwell. Like logically if it was to fall over by itself the bus tub would fall too because the bus tub weighs less than the than the metal trays, but somehow they did that. And it was just every time I'd go down there there was something until one day it kinda just stopped and I think the way that John described it was like once the ghosts get up like once they get used to you they don't really bother you anymore. All right. (laughs) 
So, we're talking about Bushwick Country Club. <laughs> that's that's awesome. That's that's I I, I like that. That I, that definitely adds a lot of uh, like character to an establishment. So, speaking uh, of ghosts, uh, Ryan, you want to talk to us a little bit about the initial cocktail list over there? <laughs> uh, yeah, Windex R.I.P. Scoot in, brother. Scoot in, Ryan. Uh, I, don't know, I don't know what to say. I guess uh, my there first cocktail. Windex. Yeah. There was a Windex. Was a, the creamsicle. Creamsicle. Yeah. That was the orange and vanilla vodka one. Yeah. And there were no specs. It was just like you picked up three different colored bottles and did like three pour. As long as it count. was the right color, you yeah. were. The key lime, key lime pie. Yeah. They were all, they were all like versions the biggest of, seller by of far. a martini. Yeah, the key lime pie was a solid one. It was actually just a color wheel to like. Right color. <laughs> so okay, so you started out. You did start out with a cocktail list. Yeah. Okay. But <laughs> more like a more like a, a Bennigan's or PJ McFunsters kind of cocktail list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. People and, would like pick it up, look at it, shake their head, put it back down, or a beer and shot. Yeah. <laughs> so, but then there'd always, then there'd be a guy who'd sit there and drink like six Windexes. <laughs> That was Nick Jarrett, by the way. True. <laughs> so, okay, so I, now having that kind of cocktail list, you know, obviously it's just about like having fun and being like, fuck the world. Like, let's let's just like have a good time and like it's it's fun and playful and yeah. we're here to like drink and have fun with each other and like, you know, have a good time. So, how did that cocktail list end up evolving over the, the past like six years well the, do, the dollar store uh, <laughs> menu frames eventually broke <laughs> uh, and then uh, and by broke I think maybe somebody smashed them actually broke. Broke. Smashed, <laughs> smashed them and Weird. made them disappear not making another Windex ever <laughs> <laughs> now okay so this this eventually led into um this, okay, we talk about it a lot on this show. Like, we, we we always have bartenders come on the show and talk about like how they got their start. A lot of we a lot of us we started in like kind of like dive bars and working in restaurants and like you know Thomas Waugh started out as a barista. Brad Farron started out in the kitchen. You know, like it, after you get out of work, like after a long shift, doesn't matter if like you're you're a kitchen guy, or a bartender, even just a patron at one of those places, like. Bushwood Country Club seems to be like one of those places that has this magnetic energy to bring you there and you end up spending like the last part of your night there and uh, <laughs> and not necessarily remembering, which is why it's brilliant that you have a photo booth there. <laughs> That's exactly why. <laughs> so that being said, um, you've had some really amazing bartenders come through yeah. and some, like I said before, you know, we've gotten three of them in, in that have been, you know, uh, people that I've talked about quite a bit on the show uh, work there. And you, you started out with... Uh, is there a dog barking? Do you hear that? Yeah. yeah. I think you're just really hungover. It's the ghost of the ghost studio. <laughs> it's the ghost dog. <laughs> and I'm hungover. Um, so, that being said, it's like, we, we always talk about how, like... We just want to, like, when we get off work, we just want to drink a beer and a shot and just, like, chill out and have fun, you know, kind of wind down. But you guys are doing that, like, all the time. So. <laughs> I, I do that to wind up. Yeah. <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can really have to, I have to start work off now with a shot wherever I'm working. That's how many, basically. How many, how many shots Jaeger was it in one shift? Oh, jeez. 
I don't, John, you, I, you've all seen the tape. I haven't seen the tape. There was a notorious tape. It was probably the uh, one of the last nights I worked. Yeah, on the security yeah. cameras. One of that may have been your last night. That, that was actually your last night. Yeah, yeah. 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 You can see Reggie, and it's like a stop action thing because it's a security camera. You just see like a, a growing and then shrinking amount of like. <laughs> A score of shot glasses. <laughs> and you just keep them there like trophies. And it was Jaeger the entire time. Jesus Christ. I, and I used to buy, like, uh, cases at the time. The Magnum. Like, you have a 175. Jaeger Magnum. You don't sell Yeah, the, the 1.75. The 1. 1. 1.75 liter ones. Oh, jeez. And we would go through so much. I'm like, wow, people really like this. And then when Reggie stopped working at BCC, Stop we have Jaeger. so much of it now. <laughs> I think that night you polished off over half of a 1.75. Oh, yeah, that's that's easy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No pickleback necessary. I am totally disgusted right now. <laughs> I, I'm, yeah, going back to being hungover. Start talking about Jaeger, and I, I just, I want to leave. Frank, Frank hosts the rest of the show. I got it. <laughs> um, Jaeger was the juice that apparently inspired the pickleback. Yeah. Yeah. Well, do you want to do you want to talk about that? We're definitely going to talk about that. Okay. So, first of all, you have. McClure's pickles. Yeah. When he started out, he was uh, like, uh, w- when when that company started, he, the, the pickles were being stored in the basement of yeah. Bushwick Country Club. Well, he he used to live two doors down, and he asked if he could store some product in the basement, and I had space. I'm like, sure. And the trade-off was he gave me a case of pickles to you know he said fool around with you know like make a pickle martini or you know, bloody mary or something, uh, and. Because Reggie, uh, on a Sunday, yeah, it's your fault. Yeah. It is all your fault. Uh, was eating pickles. You want to tell the story? Well, I guess so. Um, yeah. One, <laughs> one Sunday so. night. Uh, <laughs> millions of times. What was that bitch yeah. name? I don't know. Fat, fat bitch. Something like that. <laughs> I don't know. All right. But no, one, one Sunday night, I think, I, you know, I was a little sick. I was like, oh, I'm not going to drink tonight, you know. And you, all, you often say that when you go into work, and it never really works. It never, never happens. And so, you know, I'm, this girl came up to me and I'm saw me eating the pickles, and she's, you know, like, she just had this raspy southern voice. She's like, she's like, oh, give me some of that pickle juice with my whiskey. And I was like, no, I don't think so, babes. That sounds disgusting. And she's like, no, no, I got to have it. And she's like, and you're going to do one with me. And I was like, okay, let's, uh, no, I'm really not drinking tonight. And then she kind of, you know, keep kept pressing on me. So I was like, all right, I'll give this shit a try. But I did the shot of whiskey, Old Crow, threw back the uh, McClure's pickle juice, and it was a life-changing experience. I went on to drink about 10 to 12 more that night and then John came in later that night and I, sh- I showed him I was like this is amazing and so like the next day it's on the board the pickleback shot there were some other incarnations of the name originally oh, yeah, uh, the pickle puffer oh uh, yeah Marquez was like you, sh- you should call it the pickle puffer and I responded with a resounding you know we live in a different world right now if it was if, it, if the pickle puffer could you imagine around the world the Pickle Puffer. Yeah, I'm glad I'm not associated with that name. It would have never gone around the world. <laughs> Come on down and chug on a couple Pickle Puffers. <laughs> Possibly it would have reached around the world, so to speak. Oh. 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 On that note, we're going to take a quick break. <laughs> when we get back, we're going to talk a little bit more about the uh, the Pickleback and its effect across the world. <laughs> It's crazy, crazy effect. All right, we'll be right back on this. I'm a basketball team. I'm rapping to keep a little money in my pocket, some beer in my belly, and some girls in my bed. I have a 
song for you guys tonight. Speakeasy with the crew from Bushwick Country Club. Can we get a shameless plug for the Mr. Move? Yeah, that was amazing. The Mr. Move. You can go to themrmove.com, T H E M R M O V E dot C O M, and uh, download a free mixtape. It's got titty full of beer on it. It's titty full of beer. Who wants a titty full of beer? (laughs) Take out the milk and add the fruit. True. (laughs) (laughs) So we were talking about the, uh, right before the break, we were talking about the pickleback, and it's Man, that it's crazy. Like, um, it's totally insane. It's it's insane the way that that spreads so quickly. I had uh, people in New Orleans at dive bars asking me if I'd ever tried a pickleback before, and you're like, "Bitch, please." I've had people in Amsterdam ask me that, question. but they get it wrong. They use going. they use good whiskey. The whole point of the pickle brine back is that you're masking the nastiness of something like a well whiskey. Well, yeah, they they're. You're supposed to use really horrid or value-priced uh, <laughs> bourbon. There you go. But really good pickle brine. I've had some. It's like the don't don't name any names because oh, I might ask them to be names. sponsors later. <laughs> I love all your sponsors. Uh, but no, I like like I went to one place and it was just horrendous. And I will. I, we can definitely say Philadelphia whiskey because that's disgusting. And I will Philadelphia never, whiskey that, may be the, the worst whiskey. No, that's like the whiskey mug. of brotherly love. <laughs> right. So it's a gay it'll, whiskey. It'll throw a brick at you. <laughs> so okay, you know I, I've like man, I, you know you were talking about how uh, Reggie, you were talking about how it was like this uh, southern girl that came in and like she was like swamp pick. trash. That was the term. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> she was from Jacksonville, Florida. She's probably a Florida Gators fan. You know what's funny? I'm I'm from the south. I'm from well. I guess, I'm from Oklahoma, so you can kind of call it something, I guess, whatever. But um, I remember going to like my Little League games, and in the concession stand, they would basically they would sell pickles, but they would also take the pickle juice, and they would freeze it into like like pickle popsicles, popsicles uh. and it was awesome. We loved it. And uh, it, it, so, there, do you have one of those frozen like daiquiri machines? Don't, don't tell Rory about this at, at Dram. Well, <laughs> oh, well, I do actually Why? have frozen? A slushy machines. I have a Jim Beam and Coke slushy, nice. and then a homemade uh, sweet tea <laughs> vodka. We brew our own tea, 
put in uh, Zamkov, which is the last name in vodka. The last name in vodka. And uh, some and sweetener, and it tastes like sweet tea. like wildfire. It's really good. So, okay, going back to the pickleback, though. I, I, I mean, did you ever expect this kind of uh, like impact? Really had no idea. We, like... Like we we were just talking about earlier how we we really blew it by not patenting the whole thing because now it's been like co-opted by large liquor brands and, and also and people have claimed you know to be you know the the original version of the pickleback you know like I, I, my friend just told me they were in Ohio and saw a poster on the wall it was like try the original insert yeah the original way to do the it famous with this original. major brand of whiskey that you shouldn't even want to chase with pickle juice. You should be able to just drink it by no, itself. All the other all the other major contenders in town where it started first, like uh, when forced to, they all admitted that originally like Whiskey yeah, Tavern and then you, yeah. the Rusty Knot, but they all first had it over at Bushwick Country Club. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I mean, I guess uh, Toby Ciccini, who's like a cocktail yeah. legend in I some people's minds. He's one of my favorites. I used to work with, I used to work for him over at his bar, Passerby, and you know, he that bar had shut down and I had introduced him to the pickleback over at the country club one night after a company party and he ended up you know he's writing for the New York Times and he you know he he started asking around and it kind of got back to to me and John over at the country club so he you know he did a little New York Times article that uh, yeah, that kind of helped promote it too I remember that I was actually I was in Austin Texas for uh, South by Southwest when that article came out and they were already doing them Sure. By the time the article came out, and it came out that week, and I remember reading it and being at uh, a place called Frank. Uh, really awesome dude owns this place and owns a few other places. Um, it's uh, like a hot dog joint, but it's huge, and they have a great bar, great coffee program. They're just kind of like doing like a little bit of everything. But I remember like sitting there at one point with uh, Adam Harris from Maker's Mark because they do like a bacon infused maker's mark for their bloody mary there and i remember at one point i was just so excited to be there i had a great coffee i had a great beer from like 512 uh i had a dublin dr pepper i had uh, (laughs) a lone star a shot of bacon infused maker's mark and uh, then the pickle brine from their house, spicy pickles. And I, feel, I was like, I feel like a bathroom story is coming out. Of <laughs> Put all of this in your body. I, I was just, I was just so excited to have so many. Like, I had so many glasses in so front of me. Dirty libations in front of me. It was amazing. Uh, it, uh, like, and I was just trying to figure out which one to drink first. <laughs> you know, uh, but yeah, yeah, it was, it was crazy. But uh, like, and, and then everywhere we went, I mean, fuck. I think Bill Murray even, like, Bill Murray got behind the bar at one of the bars. Yeah. And uh, with with Rizza and Jizza sitting over on the side, like eating like uh, uh, roasted peanuts, they weren't even drinking. They were just watching Bill Murray like pour shots of like tequila for everyone. Although for the record, I believe every order he got was just answered with a shot of tequila. It was, it was, <laughs> absolutely. I have pictures. Yeah, I can make it. It'll look a lot like tequila, though. But but the tequila pickleback is also very good. Leading up yeah, to that, we all just want to drink. So, well, yeah, we, we've talked enough about this. Um, let's drink. Let's uh, let's have a pickleback, man. Uh, to health, wealth, and happiness. And BCC Bush with Uber, Uber Alice. Alice. BCC Uber Alice. Wow, cheers. cheers. Don't get it on the equipment. Like old times. Mm. <sighs> I like it better when the pickle juice is warm. Mm. Yeah. As opposed to refrigerated. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Me too. Cheers, Ryan. <laughs> My God, that's delicious. Thanks, Ryan. Um, thanks, thanks, Reggie. 
Oh. Man, thanks, Reggie. Do you know that many bartenders everywhere hate you? (laughs) (laughs) You're the reason we all come home smelling like pickle juice at the end. No, it it became like we got we got a little at one point there was a there was a there was the you know, there was the excitement of it and then there was like the, the the backlash, the resentment of actually having to get pickle juice all over your hands all night. As as a funny aside, it's worth it for the money. As a funny aside, there's a somewhat celebrated bar review guide that comes out out of the UK called Difford's Guide in Difford's Class Magazine. And Simon Difford was drinking in Dram when they were doing their Brooklyn issue a couple of months back, and got into a conversation with me about what bars he should definitely check out. So I named all of the cocktail bars in town, and I threw in the Bushwick Country Club. And he's like, oh, isn't that the place where the pickleback was invented? Yeah! And then, and then he's like, yeah, no, we'll probably skip that one. <laughs> what, about, what, about, what about this guy, this salam right here that's went on to do bigger and better things? Yeah, seriously, yeah. I just remember the pickleback, what annoyed me most was they all came out of these like three-quart jars of McCore's pickle and it, pickles and they had like the floating like jalapenos or whatever in there and we would have to pour the shots from there and no one thought of just like straining it out and putting it in like putting a regular like a bottle port, as a speed pour, pour. Or something. Yeah. and well, I, I did that it was to, like to make that oh my god that's genius <laughs> it only took two years to figure that one out you know we're knuckle draggers <laughs> <laughs> that's true and now you have Tom Chadwick owner and operator of Dram one of the most celebrated new cocktail bars in New York and worldwide mm-hmm. who used to be the Monday Tuesday Tuesday happy hour bartender at BCC. Isn't that funny how that happens? Yeah. You guys, okay, let's talk really quick because we only have about five minutes left on the show. Let's talk a little bit more about, uh, I, I, Jesus, I kind of want another pickle back. Um, <laughs> Pour them. Somebody, we, not somebody, somebody do that. Um, Ooh, it's so good. <laughs> um, mm. So you were doing, co- okay, we, we haven't really talked about this yet, but yeah. you were doing cocktails at the country club, which was, I mean, I actually only went to... Reggie just farted in the studio, by the way, in this tiny little space. Thanks, Thanks, Reggie. It's hot in here, and you're farting, and we have pickle juice. (laughs) Not a good combination, buddy. That's dangerous. And that was pretty much the context I decided to do bespoke cocktails at BCC. Yeah. In this kind of environment. (laughs) (laughs) Like, hey, you know what? You know what really class up the joint? Yeah. Well, I, I worked. I worked. Tom worked the, the happy hour shift, and I would come in after him, and you know he'd have a garden on the bar with all these ingredients I'd never seen before. And some people would come back and like, give me that thing again with the egg yolk in it. And I'd be like, nah, man. I was no, like, I don't no, no, you want a pickleback? You want a shot of Jaeger? I'll do a shot of Jaeger with you. <laughs> Tom, I will do a shot with you if you don't order that. Tom, Tom, tell them about like what you would do though, like everything you would bring in and your whole process. Uh, this was like. 2005 up until just about when Dram opened in 2010 and I was just you know a cocktail nerd working in a dive bar and John had a a chest freezer downstairs where I could you know freeze block ice ice. and I just brought in my bitters and whatever John didn't have in the back bar I'd bring and uh, and I just did a little weird geeky you know, cocktail thing. Little known fact, Frank Cisneros' first experience behind the bar was as Tom Shadwick's bar back. He was stodging, actually. On Monday, Tuesday, happy hours. I mean, that's not entirely true. I, I ran <laughs> I ran a real balls-of-the-wall sure, speakeasy sure. In, in Portland. and I, Your first New York bartending experience. My first experience. New York bartending experience honest, was, was Bushwick Country it's Club. It's the only one that matters in this market. It is the only one that matters. And it was really cool. Actually, full disclosure, I had... I had failed my bar smarts exam. True. I failed. I failed my practical. Damon, why did you hire this guy? Yeah, right. I failed. Were you on Long Island taking a I bar failed class? my practical exam, and I met Tom and 
Bushwick Country Club was across the street from my house. I met Tom, and I was like, look, I've got the book smarts to do this, but I don't have the muscle memory, really, to do, like, cocktails properly. Will you help me out? I'll work for you for free. And he was extremely gracious enough to do so. I remember, like, my very first shift. Oh, hold on. Shot time. Oh, yeah. Shot time. More picklebacks. Keep talking. Yeah. Jack, do you want, do you want a pickleback? Uh, no. I've had enough picklebacks. Yes. Oh, yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah, he does. So, Let's get Jack a pickleback. Yeah. Ooh, I'm going to be pretty here, here today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, my very first shift, uh, I think Tom had me do nothing but stir for like a good couple of hours, which was kind of, it was a good exercise. I was just fucking with you. Yeah, I know. He, <laughs> he, would, he would fuck with me constantly. Like the, the best was when he would throw half frozen citrus at, my, at me from like across the bar. I'd have welts all over my legs to prove it. Um, but yeah, that was my, that was my so first real bartending experience in New York. And uh, to get everything totally full circle, I just recently gave up one, two actually shifts at very prestigious cocktail bars in New York to go pick up two shifts at Bushwick Country Club. So Which is a prestigious Nick. country club. The very prestigious country what, club. Class with a capital K. And, uh, uh, I'm returning back. about how people would call up and be like, listen, we want, we'd like to know about, you know, having... We'd like to uh, rent out the place. Rent the place like, out for an event. Have you, have you looked at the website? <laughs> you know what you're talking John, about? John gets invited to all these junkets because they think he's a real, like... Fancy country club. Country club. <laughs> what's going what's your fake name, by the way, John? Uh, Nathaniel Merriweather the Third. Anytime I get mail, <laughs> any email, I'm like, yeah, delete. <laughs> That's amazing. Okay, so like to to, to wrap up because we we've, we've got like one minute left on the show. Um, but I, I know what, where you were you were going with this. Uh, uh, you know, we've got. You got the Bushwick Country Club being like a platform, like a jumping board for for so many great bartenders that end up just crushing it, crushing it. We 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 I mean like the entire staff that was uh basically doing the the cocktails at the country club, they've all been on the show now. I mean, Frank's been on Nick's been on. Nick was actually my first uh, hour-long show. Hour-long show. <laughs> Ooh, I do, do want to do a quick shout-out to Heather Bernard and Thomas, Thomas Allen Jones III. Hell yeah. They moved up to the Trilby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keeper Square Hotel. Yeah. Nice. So, so two, two long-time staff members. Shout myself out. I've moved up to Clem's. Uh, <laughs> If you and, see me on Sundays and, and Tuesdays. You're Clint? And, 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 and we also keep oh, Graham safe on Fridays and Saturdays. <laughs> and he did 86. And he ran 86 yeah. or a pop-up dive we tur- bar. We turned the cocktail bar into a dive bar for four days when all the cocktail guys went down to New Orleans. And none oh, of us yeah, were there to yeah. see how We set the bar on fire many times with our flaming Dr. Peppers. <laughs> and we brought yes. the pickle back back. Which bring it back. Fun. We oh, always got to bring it back. <laughs> Full circle. We reached all the way back well, around. I really wish I, that we had more time on this show to talk more about this and and, and really just generally hang out. Um, but unfortunately, we're we're and do more pickle. I think back. we're out of overhaul. But we're uh, that was delicious. By oh, the way, we thanks, can get guys. More. Oh, oh, thank, that was Jack Insley, our producer. Thank you, um, and you're welcome. <laughs> um, guys, we'll have to have you back on sometime because this has been awesome having you on the show. And just hanging out, doing picklebacks, and generally bullshitting about oh, what well, we do happiness. day in and day out. Yeah. Uh, please, we'd love to come back. And you know what they say, mirth is king. Absolutely. <laughs> all right. We will see you all next time on the Speakeasy. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you. Yes, higher than a kite. That cat is high. Look at that look in his eye. Man, I wouldn't lie. The cat's higher than a kite. 
Now when you see him stumbling up and down the street. This is Behind the Scenes Food News with Katie Kiefer. There's a lot of posturing and talking around raw milk these days and how great it is. But if you really want to get a full-on investigation into the pros and cons, the risks and benefits of raw milk consumption, here's a nifty website, www.realrawmilkfacts.com. It has a laundry list of FAQs, along with information from studies and reports from American and European science communities. If you flirt with raw milk consumption, this is definitely worth taking a look at. This is Behind the Scenes Food News with Katie Kiefer. Night Train, Summer Soul Shindig, Rockaway Beach Party, featuring the 45 RPM Soul Magic of DJ Jonathan Tobin. Saturday, August 20th, 6 to 9 at Rippers, Boardwalk 86, Free Party. Every spring at the end of kidding season, goat dairies across the country are faced with the question of what to do with their male bucklings. Because on a dairy farm, there's no role for a male. Often the most economical thing for these farmers to do is to cull the animals at birth or ship them off to the commodity market. Heritage Foods USA is embarking on a new project, No Goat Left Behind, looking to step in and fill this niche by creating a marketplace for these male bucklings. Visit us at www.heritagefoodsusa.com to learn more and to reserve your goat this coming October. 